no. Is there anyone at Everton you particularly hate now after playing them? Ben Godfrey. I'm <laughs> done with Ben Godfrey. Fuck that guy. He's a ben pussy. Godfrey. Is that their left back? Yeah. He's oh. the one that stepped on Tommy Asu's face. He stepped on Saka's ankle, and he only got a yellow card all game. One. And it was on a different play. It wasn't on either of those two. So fuck him. He stinks. And fuck Richarlison. That's it. Mari Gray, respect. Andros Townsend, even though he played for Tottenham, respect. You know, Decore, somewhat respect. Gordon's a bitch. Where Charles surely gets, gets a bitch, right? Yeah, big time bitch. On today's footy corner, West Ham take the head of a second top three team at home in a 3-2 victory that saw Edward Mendy channel his inner Kepa. The Liverpool team sweep the board with stoppage time winners, Damari Gray burying Arsenal at the death, while Big Vic Divac does it again for Liverpool against Wolves. Barcelona are relegated to Europa League, Daniel Sturridge doesn't like long plane rides, and PlayStation senior vice president nonces about. Along with the typical nonce of the week predictions and gambling corner, next. And we are back on the footy corner. Ari, how's everything going? Things going good. Um, we're going to Cancun soon, so that's exciting. Um, going somewhere warm. I, w- I don't want to say finally going somewhere warm because Portugal was pretty warm, right? It so, was. It was a, um, but you only had like one and a half days there, really. Yeah. Two days. Um, so it'll be exciting to go. Um, I First thing I got to do is go get a tan first thing I do when I'm there because last time <laughs> um, we went into the pool in Portugal I walked out my mom was like whoa you're really white and she's never said that about me like <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a bit rough yeah so uh, I need to get a tan for sure okay well let's we fly out in a week but but people do not worry we will have an episode for you next. Uh, early in the week, it'll be out on Tuesday. Uh, and then we will cover the predictions for two match weeks because we'll be gone. Um, and there are, and, and you know, the, the matches come in hot and rapid. Uh, and I believe we've got two matches to cover there. And then we'll have a nice, uh, hopefully, panel episode, a Christmas panel episode. But we'll try to do that on the 22nd or 23rd. So um, that's the next two episodes coming out on deck. That should get you close to the new year. We'll probably have another one before the new year. And that's that's that. It's then it's 2022. Panel, don't we have a panel coming up? Yeah, we're hoping for the panel on the 22nd or 23rd. We'll see which day we can get people going. Um, so we'll have a panel, uh, hopefully the 22nd. And then, yeah, we have three episodes before the break. That's it. This mo- upcoming Monday, um, the 22nd. And then, and then probably one before the new year. There's that there's like a three day gap before the New Year's games, 29th, 31, likely the 29th or 30th, I'm guessing we'll record. So, yeah, it's it's coming in. The matches are coming in fast. We're already it's 15 match weeks in. Uh, shall we get to the action? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So let's start with the Premier League action that happened over the weekend. We know some exciting Champions League stuff happened recently. Let's start with uh, West Ham three, Chelsea two. You know, it was it was a seesaw affair. Thiago Silva scoring early. Lanzini answers with a pen. Mount scoring to give Chelsea lead again. Bowen equalizing. And then finally, a late goal from Maswaku. The thing that I gathered out of this match, honestly, is Edward Mendy, yikes. Yeah. 
<laughs> do you, I mean, do you, there were on the first goal, Lanzini kind of gives up, gives away the pen. And then what, what happened on that second, uh, on that last goal? Did you see, you know, did he think that was going to be a cross? A very late reaction from him. I think this was a 6.30 game, bro. I'm not going to lie. I was past the fuck out. <laughs> I did not watch this game. So anyway, so the reason I brought those up is because, you know, honestly, um, it, it was a really good game. It was, it was, it was great back and forth. Um, and it does stink that it was at that time. Cause I think it could have offered a lot to people if they'd put it on at, at 1130 or so. Um, Thomas Tuchel, not, not too upset. Actually, you know, he says really the reason they lost was because of big mistakes is, and I, and, you know, you could point out at, at the airs, he said that I didn't see our performance dip uh, against Manchester United or today. It was enough to win the game. The problem is we gave easy goals away. This is unusual. Big mistakes that lead to big chances and easy goals. We've done that against United, Watford, uh, and now today. We're not good enough in the details at the moment. This is a game about details. I can only repeat myself. Without doing big mistakes, there's a big chance we win this game. Uh, (laughs) Final thing, I thought you'd like this. He said, the title race is not interesting at the moment. What is interesting is the next 90 minutes. We have to, we have, uh, to have the focus right, the attitude right, and to take care of the details because we are not good enough at the moment to win. So Tuchel calling his guys out for not, not following the details. They've dipped. They've lost that defensive identity they built last season. Uh, are, you, are you concerned this will continue, or do you think he's going to get it right for them? Um, this is what he said after the last time game? Yep. yep. They lost. I mean, they gave up three goals today to Zenit. Um, yeah. So – that's true, but I think also think he's being harsh because before the West Ham game, they gave only gave up one goal at Watford, mm-hmm. um, one goal to Manchester United, and they didn't give up a goal to Juve. So I think he's kind of being harsh and maybe just in the moment. But yeah, maybe it's the manner of those goals too, because you remember the United one was a Jorginho disaster class, uh, and actually the first goal that was scored was Jorginho. I know you're going to love this, right? A horrendous pass to Mendy, which caused him to, to penalty. Uh, create the penalty on Gerard Bowen, your other boy. Uh, so yeah. yeah, it's just you know they play well enough to win. So maybe you're right. Are you are you saying that they should be scoring more then, based on this? If they're only giving up one goal? No, I you know I, I definitely think the stupid results gave them this, but I also think like it's not like I always say a loss is bad, especially if it's not. This was a bad loss, okay. but um, I'm pretty sure didn't Liverpool Liverpool lost to West Ham this year, right? Well, that's what I was going to mention next, actually, about West Ham. Do you want me to – I mean, we could push on that, too. Um, West Ham has won at home against Liverpool and Chelsea now. Yeah. Or can you bunch them with the top three if they keep beating those teams? No, because they got to do that to the other teams, though. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's just how I look at it. But, yeah, I, I mean, that's not an easy game now. And it's relieving to me because it was a couple weeks ago um, that West Ham beat – uh, Liverpool, and it was still kind of like, oh God, like why did we drop these, you know, these points? Mm-hmm. But it's nice from a Liverpool perspective. It's good to see it. But yeah, I mean, I definitely did not expect this from Chelsea. I thought, I thought it'd be like a two-one affair, one-nil affair, Chelsea. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, to think that this game was at six thirty Central Time, this shit's gonna be on at four thirty for me in a year from now. So this is gonna be tragic. Um, <laughs> You're going to have to DVR me or you just have to be, you have to come back home lit, you know, from a night out, just, just get some uh, late night tacos and watch the games. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, it's you're right. It's a shame that it's a six thirty game. I guess it works for people in England. There, you know, I don't know. Um, I know players don't like the early kickoffs. Um, I just wish they'd. I don't know. Fans don't yeah, either. It's I it's twelve thirty. They feel like they can't drink before the game. They can't. Yeah. Go. Yeah, and like the players, it's it causes you know you got to get everything done before like ten a.m. It's just it's annoying, you know, and um, especially for foreign fans. I mean, we. You know, it sucks because I everyone would have like been all eyes on that game because what West Ham's results freaking matter now. You know, now that they're playing Chelsea and yeah, man, it, now West Ham's a Champions League team right now, so that's kind of crazy. And you might like hearing this, he, J, David Moyes, and this is trust me, this is the only game I got quotes from because I thought they were so interesting. David Moyes said, "I think we played better against Liverpool than we did today." I think we can play much better than we did. We didn't play well enough in the first half. In the second half, we improved, tweaked things a bit at halftime, got better at controlling the game, and we're higher up the pitch and a little more aggressive. Uh, so here you go, David Moy saying that they could still play better despite the result. Uh, but but yeah, I mean at this point, here you ready for my hot take though? Yeah, I'm worried for for West Ham fans and for West Ham <laughs> that they might be that team. I can't remember who it was last year or a year ago that would play the big teams really well and beat them because it, it worked for their style and then wouldn't get the results against the teams they should get the results against. You know, so basically what I'm trying to say is, is that like a Leicester in a sense, maybe. Yeah, maybe. But Leicester won the league. So maybe like a Wolves didn't Wolves do it one year where they're getting all the results against the big teams because they played a counterattacking style. Yeah. Like, if you look yeah. at the, if you look at the league, just straight up the league, the Premier League, in the last five matches, West Ham's only two wins were against Chelsea and Liverpool. They drew Brighton and they lost to well, cities of okay, they lost to City and Wolves. So, again, that's being very picky because you know these results are showing great things, and they sit in in fourth decently. I mean, time does have the game in hand. But they've they've made themselves closer to Chelsea, Liverpool, and, and City in a, to an extent. But I don't know. I, I'm kind of waiting to see how they do in. And I know we've said on this show, and we should give them their due respect. But they're playing some interesting games coming up against teams that are not at that level. Will they bring their game? Do they play just to the level of their opponents, or will they play elite in those games? That's my question. So yeah, sure they won't come up with the same um, game plan, you know, as facing a team that's better than them. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that pans out for sure. And I, yeah, and I, I know we keep saying it, but, but you know, that is, everyone knows. We said, hey, let's see how they come out at, on Boxing Day. Let's do, actually, the episode when we're going into the new year, let's see where West Ham sits. At the footy corner, too, everyone let us know what you think about West Ham. We haven't really gotten too many opinions on them, but I'm very curious. Um, again, they draw themselves within six points of Chelsea in this match. Before we move on to the next one, I just want to say, uh, with Zuma out, because Zuma is now out for a decent amount of time. Um, bad prognosis. He's been a key part of their defense um, this season. West Ham are eyeing. Are you ready for this? Nathan Ake for a loan. Your boy. West Ham? <laughs> yeah. So Crazy. they're looking at Ake for a loan, um, but we'll, we'll see. I feel like there are going to be a lot of loans because of AFCON. Because well, of we injuries. talked about the loan that Arsenal is going to get, and I, well, I hope they don't do it. For their we'll own talk state. about that now. So we'll talk about their the, that match now. The, the Arsenal match that happened, and then we can talk about that rumor after. So Everton 2, Arsenal 1. 
you did call the goal score. I want to give you a shout out. Martin Odegaard did score in this match. Uh, and then Richarlison scored in the 79th. And then, you know, Damari Gray with honestly probably one of the goals of the season. I, I don't know if you've seen it. It was a really nice shot. Yeah, I saw it. Uh, you know, and I, when watching this match, I was fucking furious for many reasons. Uh, I don't know if you saw this match or not, but I think Ben Godfrey should have been sent off at least three times or twice. One time he actually stepped on the face of uh, Tomiyasu, uh, went yeah. studs up on Saka another time. Uh, you know, the question I have to ask you is this, you know, keeping that in mind that there could have been red cards against Everton, but also keeping in mind, you got to think on the other end and be a little neutral here. Everton had two close bar calls go against him where Richarlison was offside. Did Everton deserve, deserve this result from this match? Um, to be honest, I, um, I did not catch this game, but I did catch the goal highlights. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I, well, I saw an image on Twitter of the guy stomping on your boy's face that I don't know how that's not a red. That's <laughs> it's crazy. ridiculous, but I know firsthand what it's like to play Everton these past couple of years. And like, I know people give Burnley the rap for being that team. You know what I mean? That mm-hmm. was for people, but honest, I swear Everton's worse. Like they are so bad with that shit, man. I'm telling you right now, they had, not only was it the stomp on the face, Godfrey went studs up on Sakai. If someone looked back, I believe it's like the 57th, 60th minute. They also had a guy, Gordon, late in the game, go studs up on Garbalish. And I'm just shocked. I'm just absolutely shocked they didn't have a guy sent off. Not being biased, those, there was clear offsides in Richarlison, right? Those two. Yeah, no, they, they really, and that's the thing. People on, on social media are like, oh, they got robbed. I'm like, well, I mean, it really, I mean, it was offside. You know, it's it's not like it was, you know, a call that was wrong. So I don't know if you you probably saw it. You may or may not. That's, why, a lot that's why I mentioned it, because I saw Richarlison. Because <laughs> you saw my tweet? <laughs> yeah. I went on a rage. <laughs> like Tim Cruel. Wow, dude! I got the Nashville Hot Wings, and they are hot, bro. Like, <laughs> did you see my him. rage? Like Tim Cruel? Did you see where I called him a? What did dude, I call him? A numpty? Charleston. If you watch him in scrums too, he is the biggest shithouser you'll ever see. He's mm-hmm. he's, oh, he's Diego Costa level. I'm not even kidding, dude. <laughs> and for him to post that tweet, if for those that don't know, go on his Twitter. He wrote hat trick. Or mine. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he wrote hat trick when he scored one goal. I mean, like, he's I, – I don't know if he legitimately thinks that those goals were offside. Like, if he thinks they were onside. But, like, that dude's an idiot, dude. Yeah, he did. He said hat trick. And then I, I replied, uh, a hat trick is three goals, you numpty. I regret to inform you that offside goals do not count. So, yeah. I did I did interact with Richarlison straight up. Yeah, Richardson's <laughs> not a friend of the pod anymore. That's for sure. No. Um, yeah. No, man, but, you know, Everton needs to be that team to win because everything else isn't working. Mm-hmm. And Damari Gray, for what they got him for, has yeah. – I'm saying, like, price-wise. Yeah. Possibly be, um, like, the pickup of, of the offseason because of how, how well he's played, honestly. For, for his value, I'm saying. For sure. Overall, oh, he assisted the goal, too. Yeah, overall, you could say, you know, Ronaldo. But, like, considering cost, I think he was, like, $1.5 dude. 
Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, he, he, I mean, he, he scored against Liverpool and almost scored twice, actually almost scored a second. And that last goal, I mean, I don't know how you felt about it. I mean, obviously frustrating, but that's one of those where you just got to hold your hand up and be like, all right, like I can't even get mad at my team for that. Like, that's just, that's just a wonder strike. You know what I mean? Would you agree with that? I, I think, yeah, but it, I think my frustration was more in the situation when that happens against your team to lose the game in the 93rd minute, 92nd, third minute. That's, I mean, that's no, yeah, where I got mad. I mean, I could wait. Yeah. Two, three days later now I could raise my hand and say, yeah, that was a, I mean, I still say that's a hell of a strike. Um, but yeah, at some extent you're like, what the fuck really? Like, what, like, you know, so that's, you know, one end of it is that one end of it is you know, the frustration. Manager? At the refing, but mate, I'm gonna have to call out Mikel Arteta, and you're gonna like this. Oh, I'm hearing some grievances today. Okay, what the fuck is this man doing? Straight up, second week of saying grievance because last I'm pretty sure last episode you had a grievance. I have, yeah, and I have grievances this week about it too. I have many grievances. Well, because here's the deal, mate. Yeah, I as an Arsenal fan lately, not I. I was you know I was lucky seven eight years ago. They were pretty good. Lately. The runs that Manchester United and Everton have been on are very common for me. I know how it feels to be on that end. Okay. And so when you play that kind of a team and you've been playing well, you want to put your foot on their throat, just like every other team did to you when you were that shit team. But to be the team that's been the reprieve for the jokes of the size that these other two have been is frustrating, is embarrassing. And mate, this one's on Mikel Arteta again. How many times have we said, you go up one nothing because they did it against Manchester United. They did it against uh, Everton. They went up one nothing, And guess what? They went into a shell again. And they invited pressure. Even though they were better, they were way better than Everton. This Everton teammate, I'm telling you right now, is garbage outside their dirty play. <laughs> Arsenal should have buried the shit out of this. They team. have good attackers. And when Calvert-Lewin comes back, it's going to be... Yeah, it's different, but they should have buried them. They didn't have Calvert-Lewin. You have to bury them when they don't have him. You got to – why is it then when when um, Everton scored in the 79th minute, then Arsenal is attacking? Hell, they should have even scored one. I, God knows why Eddie Nketiah was brought in the game because this man, his contract's expiring. I had no he idea he was signed. on Arsenal. I thought he, he was. Hasn't, he, he hasn't signed his new contract, and you've brought him in. And he heads one off the post from literally one foot away, a goal that our grandma could have scorn, scored, you know. And, and these subs he's making just absolutely bad. offered a contract. He's just not signing it. Correct. He had been offered contracts. He said he's not signing it. So if he's not part of your plans, why is he even put in this match? He's being put in over, and I get it, Aubameyang's been god-awful, but he was put in over Aubameyang. He was put in over Pepe. You know, he was put in over all these guys that are actually on the team that – may still be on the team after January where he's not. So yeah. what, what is he thinking? I don't understand what Mikel Arteta's thinking is there. Uh, you know, just many decisions he's made. What's that? Attacking. I'm ready to be done with this man. I'm telling you right now, I'm not light on the managers. I give patience. I'm done with him. Yeah. Um, the play, the no. players are good enough. He's not. So. I think he's great at developing players. Um, yeah. Yeah. But good. There, that he like you said, he just doesn't have that killer mentality. Like you know what I mean? It's just yeah. No, I agree, and I, they're not going to get rid of him. 
Here's yeah, they won't, unfortunately. But you know. so, I mean, surprisingly, these days it's uh, it's tough to fire a manager because yeah, uh, a lot of guys been staying longer than they should have. So, yeah, that's true. And 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 I think again, I think they'll recover from these matches. It's just you want him to learn, and and it's just when he does the same thing two games in a row, that's madness. Absolute madness. What's your final takeaway from this game for Arsenal, though? Like, if you had the, you know, one big takeaway, what is it? You ready for it? Well, here's the thing I'm going to say. Everyone goes up, down, up, down with whatever is going on. with I think they're going to be fine. They'll be okay. Now, you know, am I going to back up on saying they'll be fourth? A little bit right now. I still think they could compete with a lot of those teams, uh, and they'll get it together. They just need to stop the bleeding, and I think the opponent coming in next is the perfect answer. Uh, it's just, I'm hoping, I'm hoping because they are going to keep Arteta that at least he can show he's learning something. You, you need to see development from the man. He's been there for two and a half years. And you might say, hold on now. He's been there that long. He's not showing development, but I think and hope he will show development in the next couple games because he has these players. He's had these players since only, you know, September. Let's see where that goes. Um, couple quick facts I wanted to say actually is that, with Odegaard's goal, each of the last nine Arsenal goals have been scored by players age 23 or younger. So that goes with your development theme. Um, also, the longest run Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang has failed to score uh, is 14 with Dortmund in February to August of 2014. He's at six now. And so Everton have won 10 points from losing positions more than any other side. So that's the other thing. They're a comeback team. Uh, anything you have to say before we move on to your your boys? Um you know, we rinsed Everton last show, and for them to come out with this result, I mean, it's, I mean, as an Everton fan, it's got to be a weird result because now where are you? You know what I mean? So, yeah. I, what do you think about Everton? Like, I mean, we rinsed them pretty bad last week, dude. So, and Talk Sport was rinsing them as well. Yeah. And like, this was a statement win. And you'd think when, Calvert-Lewin's injured, the fans booing them, you know, all these things around the camp that they pulled this off. Maybe yeah. things might shift the other way, you think? Or do you think they're just going to continue to spiral? I think we're a one-game remedy. I think they'll lose their next two games, <laughs> but we'll see. Their next two games yeah. are on the road against Palace and Chelsea. Um, but, you know, I think they'll be better than they were in the games before. I don't think they're going to go – two points in eight games, but I also don't think they're going to start going on a winning streak. I think they're going to just be, you know, right now they sit in what, 12th. They'll be, I believe nine, eight through 11th. So they'll get a little better, but because okay. I think the issue, I don't know, Calvert Lewin, he's, he's heavily linked to a certain side as well. So um, this was their first win since September. Yeah. Hey, we tend to do that. We give, we give teams their first wins in, in a long time. So um, but again, it was from a wonder strike. So yeah, wild stuff. Uh, yeah, we'll see where they go forward. We'll see how Arsenal responds. I think that wise stat possession 64 to 36. I mean, it was in our favor. Yeah. Yeah. But they had more goal attempts. So, I mean, yeah, well, we, we tend to do nothing with our that hasn't changed for Arsenal where we possess the ball and do nothing. Is there anyone at Everton you particularly hate now after playing them? Ben Godfrey. I'm done with Ben Godfrey. Fuck that guy. He's a ben pussy. Is that their left back? Yeah. He's oh. the one that stepped on Tommy Asu's face. He stepped on Saka's ankle, and he only got a yellow card all game. 
one. And it was on a different play. It wasn't on either of those two. So fuck him. He stinks. And fuck Richarlison. That's it. Mari Gray, respect. Andros Townsend, even though he played for Tottenham, respect. You know, Decore, somewhat respect. Gordon's a bitch. Richarlison surely gets, gets a bitch, right? Yeah, big time bitch. So yeah, we'll we'll go from we'll go on, but but you wanted to bring the pod has officially has officially deemed Richarlison canceled. He's an enemy of the pod now. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> because he's done things to you that you don't like to your team. He's done things to my team. I don't like he's an enemy of the pod. We went from hyping him up to go to Barcelona to this. What <laughs> is, he the first, ride. is he the first official enemy of the pod? No, I'm sure we have we have a mutual enemy. Surely before we'll we someone, reach. someone let us know. We'll start making a list of enemies of the pod. Of Premier League, right? Or just of the pod in general? Just in general. Any, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is always there. That's true. That's true. I guess <laughs> that's true. Uh, quick, quick. Uh, you, there was a rumor that Steve, a uh, shout out, Steve brought up about um, when Alden possibly coming back on loan to the Premier League. You brought up Arsenal. You wanted to say something real quick. You you were mentioning it before we transitioned, so I'll let you say that before we go to the next match. It was a product of the system. Okay. And and I'm not, and I agree that I'm not saying that he's as great or is going to be as great as he was at Liverpool. You could see that with, with, with PSG. Um, he was decent with Newcastle. Um, and so my point was that I agree with you somewhat that, but I'm saying I'm, I would be happy with that loan considering that party is going to be gone. And the midfield, the only midfield players in that, in that role are Shaka, Lakanga, Maitland, Niles, El Nenny. I mean, he's better than most of these guys, if not all. So we'll see. Yeah. I mean, that's what that's what my Is point. Is he was. that unhappy at PSG? I think PSG is unhappy with him. They're looking to loan oh. him, is what the uh, rumor thing said. Dude, so. Because he's a low key dude. You may not think it. He's a bit of a drama queen, bro. Like honestly, yeah. He just rubbed me the wrong way. Everyone can tell. Yeah, well, with the exit, I I can understand. I'm just saying. My only point was he's just better than what we have. So if we use him as a loan, then to buy someone in the summer, do it. You know, like just use him for this the rest of this year. Because, you know, I'd rather see him than most of those other guys there. But we'll see. We'll see what happens with that rumor. Again, we're also linked to Calvert-Lewin and Jonathan David of Lille. So a lot of a lot of rumors flying around at this time of year. And I think this January will be active because of AFCON. Teams are looking for cover. Okay. So um, speaking of teams that are going to be looking for cover at AFCON, you guys um, yeah, winning one nothing, 90-plus four-minute goal, Divac Origi. I have a fun stat about him before we move on. There are 401 Premier League players that have scored 20 plus goals. Only one has more has a higher percentage of those goals as a substitute than Divacarigi. He has scored 48% of his goals as a substitute, 10 out of his 21. Do you know which player scored more goals as a substitute, more percentage of his goals as a sub than Divacarigi? Current player? He I don't think he's current anymore, but I'll give you this. He played for Everton. I don't think he plays for anyone anymore. So that might be tough. So think of a guy that would come on as a sub for Everton at forward-ish. I don't know if anyone will get this. I'll give the listeners maybe 10 seconds. Everton. Everton. I believe he is of African descent. 
Should have looked that up before. Oh, is he a, a, a Samuel Adu, Samuel Eto? It is not Samuel Eto. He scored a lot of goals. I don't think most yeah. of them came to the sub. Do you want me to just say it? I don't think anyone's going to get this. It's, yeah. But if when I say his name, you'll remember him. It was Victor Anichibi. Wow. Do you, remember, do you remember him? He scored half his goals as a substitute, apparently. So, 13 I mean, I remember him, but, like, I didn't think he was actually good. <laughs> well, he only scored 26 goals, most as a sub. Uh, so, my, my question is, I guess, before we get into the Liverpool part, and I ask you uh, about that, what did Wolves do in this match that the previous three couldn't against Liverpool? That Arsenal, Southampton, who was it? Who else did you score for against? Um was it Southampton? Champions League team, maybe. You scored, yeah, yeah. You scored four in a, in a row for three straight games, but only one in this game. What did Wolves do to Liverpool that that frustrated them, and also almost got a draw? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know, Jeff. I don't know because I think it was just on Liverpool. I think they were just off. I mean, Liverpool had chance after chance after chance. I think at one point Yota was looking at a net with two defensemen in it. The goalie yes. was gone. So I'm not even going to say like Liverpool got outplayed or they were stopped. It was, they stopped. They were their own worst enemy that game. I mean, the ball just wasn't going in the back of the net. That's what it was. Um, the pressure was good. Obviously the defense was good. It was a shutout, but um, out of everything that could have gone in to that, to the Wolves goal, like to, for it to be, that was kind of wild, but, We'll take it, I guess, but nothing like too concerning because it's just one of those games where it's just like, what the fuck's going on? Like after that Yota block, after that block, I was just like, oh god, like is this is this gonna be it? Like you know, do, do you know what a wild card is in in fantasy soccer in fantasy football with the Premier League? What is it? So in in the fantasy football game that's that the EPL runs, you do transfers, right? And you're allowed to do one transfer a week or two if you've saved one up. Um, but you can use one wild card every half season. So that's if you want to make like multiple transfers, like your team is shit or maybe you've hit a rut. Well, my team has gone a bit stale. So I used the wild card and I brought in Diego Jota. So you can imagine how pissed I was that that goal did not go. You know, I had brought him in because I'm like, okay, he's going to. And when that moment happened, I go, oh, are you kidding me? But I had captain, I've captain Salah every week. And I think he was the catalyst for the goal again with that sick move, you know, along the side. To pass the ball to you, who give him credit, good turn and finish. Uh, but yeah, it's it's it took a moment of magic from your magic man again. Uh, yeah, to get um, the well, W. I think it was you're talking about Salah or Rigi? Yeah, Salah. Salah. Yeah, it was a brilliant play by Emma. Um, yeah, it was just. I don't know if you want to say we stole those points because, like, do, do you say that if you had so many chances, that, you know? But ultimately, you you just take a deep breath and you move on after that and just act like it kind of never happened. But I think a win at Wolves is always good. I mean, you bring up stats, 67 to 33 present possession, 17 goal attempts to three. It would have been a stolen tie was what it would have been. You know, if if Wolves had had won it. I mean, but my, my question is this, a lot of people bring this up about college basketball or, or, you know, any team, maybe even in college football, sometimes when a team is so dominant and they win a bunch of games by a lot, you ask the question sometimes, is it actually okay for them to have this kind of a game in, in, you know, like Wolves is not a high leverage situation, not a high leverage game. Is it okay in the regular season for like those college teams, you know, to have this kind of game to say, Ooh, 
let's humble ourselves for a second or, or maybe, you know, we, we took the foot off, you know, does it help the team a little bit? You know, is it okay for a team like Liverpool to have this kind of game, especially when they're going to play some bigger teams soon? Um, possibly, um, you know, yeah, possibly. I don't, I don't know. You know, those games it's, I'm just going to, my, my come out with this game is it's always good to get three points at the Molyneux in December. That's never easy for anyone. We did it. Uh, we beat P- Portugal's B team. I'm totally yeah. cool with that. Um, yeah, done and dusted. Um, we move on. And I think next week, who do we play next week? I don't even know who we play. You guys have uh, Aston Villa. Stevie G returns back to Anfield in a couple days here. That should be exciting. And then you have Newcastle at home, so you should rampage them. Villa's been very good lately. Um that's worry, but Newcastle should be fine unless we don't know what extracurriculars MBS has in plan. But um, two games at home, like I said, whenever we I watch a game at Anfield, it's I'm not tensed up for the first time in my life. Like I don't know how to explain it. It's weird the past two years when you watch a game as a Liverpool fan at Anfield, you you're excited for the game, you're not nervous. Like I was nervous about every game growing up, mm-hmm. but now. It's to the point where, like, I can kind of kick back with a smile. And if it's 0-0 after 45, then – or, like, tied or – you know, then you start to worry. But um, I don't know. That's that's the mood right now. I know you don't like the V word, so I didn't say it. But <laughs> You can. You can. That's the vibe. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, that's... I wanted to give a stat to you. And, and so the exact opposite of what, what I experienced, you, you know, you guys got to experience with a late winning goal – this is the 13th game-winning goal in the 90th minute or later under Jurgen Klopp for Liverpool, which is four more than any other side in the Premier League since he's arrived. Um, yeah. So some clutch goals being scored under him. Do you think that's that, – is that luck, or do you think that's just the other team gets tired at the end because of how you press them, and then that's the moment that you can strike? You know, it, it could be that. Um, and I remember a lot of those goals – I mean, like the one that sticks out to me was Lalana against Norwich, which was the craziest game I think I've ever seen in my life. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's one of those things. I know United was known for it, right? Fergie time is even yeah. labeled that. So like all successful teams are. It's a good and bad stat, in my opinion. It's good because it means you won those games, right? And it's bad because you, you held off until the last second to do it. You would Ideally, you'd like to say that, you know, you've, won by you know earlier in the game like kind of dominated it but it kind of shows that you don't dominate games is what i'm saying which is not you know not the best that well yeah i mean hey clutch gene is always better than the opposite so that that you know so we'll see um yeah uh, any other thoughts on liverpool before we move on no man just again believe it or not that guy did not come top three in ballon d'or that's crazy (laughs) Well, Easy every week, every week. I, I'm I, I'm firing with the with the transitions. We'll move from one gig and press to a team that tried to incorporate it this week for the first time, or at least had someone that's familiar with it in charge. Man United one, Crystal Palace zero. Your boy Ralph Ragnarik Ranick with the uh, with the win. Uh, yeah. Fred scoring the only goal of the match, which is absolutely hilarious. But the reason I brought up the gig and press is that United won possession in the final third, 12 times against Palace in that final third, which is from pressing, right? 
that is at least five more times than they have in any other Premier League game this season. Okay. Yep. So they were winning possession up the field early. Uh, you know, did you see improvement from United in this match? Were there moments, because I saw some, that you thought, well, it's similar and it took a Fred Wonder strike to win the game? Yeah, I'm going to go with that one. I'm still not sold on this team. Um, one nil at home against Palace isn't like a statement win, you know? So um, I want to see more of it. I don't think he has the team to successfully do this against good teams. It'll be interesting to see if he could implement this, um, this style that's foreign to everyone probably except for maybe Sancho's done it in the Bundesliga. I don't know, but it'll be interesting. But my, my point being is if, if Ragnarok wants to do this moving forward, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think he has the personnel to do that. If that makes sense. Yeah. I, I think their defense, I know they had a clean sheet in this match, but anyone that, that saw this and actually they've had, uh, yeah, they had a clean sheet in this match, but anyone that saw it, saw that Andre AU was about two feet from the goal like a couple minutes before Fred scored and he should have scored. Um, there were many counterattacks that I feel like, you know, Palace, Palace just missed the very last pass. Uh, and so, yeah, it could have gone the other way. Uh, in general, I think it was a little better of a performance, but I think it's too early to judge whether that was the manager or the product of the opponent. So let's see how United fare in the next few games. But, oh, but I will say again, I just want people look out to see how their press does. Let's see if their press has improved because their press was, even though they beat Arsenal, abysmal against Arsenal. It was abysmal against any team before it. Let's see. That's the key aspect to see if they can avoid the ball getting to that back line, which I think I think is a little disastrous. It's wild to say after they shut a team out. But yeah. Do you think that uh, United currently, right now, are more dangerous than when Ole was under the, the helm? Well, I think I think it's the same. It's the same Currently, yeah. it's the same. I, it take, it, it's going to take a few games, though. I, I, I need to see more, you know, because... It'll be interesting to see Ronaldo press. That's something we don't see. Yeah, that's true. But, but, I mean, he's only had one game in charge. Even when we'll get to the Champions League stuff today, he had a bunch of children playing, you know, Ragnar good. So, um, Ren, you can young so boys, No pun intended. Young boys against the young boys. Uh, so we'll we'll I think that's one to watch, but look to see how well they press. That's I think the key. Anyone that listens or watches, otherwise, if they can't and they get caught in transition, teams will take more advantage than Palace did. And in the in some other action, uh, first place Manchester City three one win over Watford. Sterling scoring a goal there. Uh, Bernardo Silva had a brace. Uh, yep. Watford's consolation goal from Cucho Cuco, your boy Cuck. Yeah. Uh, Tottenham three, Norwich nil, Lucas, Devinson, Sanchez, and Sunsworth. I just put these here because it was teams that are better and expected to beat Watford, Norwich. Uh, anything you want to mention about these two matches or these teams? Um, dude, so I'm going to mention this. So I was, I was, uh, it was earlier in the day. I was on my laptop doing work. And so for those of you that don't know, actually, I don't have YouTube TV. I have YouTube. Um, I cut off YouTube TV, so I stream everything, and um, mainly I watch YouTube, right? So TalkSport, I noticed, was going live, okay? Live video, 
How's it? Oh, okay. So while I'm working, I'll listen slash watch talk sport. I kid you not, the headline that shows up is Is Man City Boring? I in I had never and guess what? This was a legit debate, and the callers that were calling in agreed. And they all said the same thing. They said, Man City is a great team. And I swear to God, three of the callers said this. They said, Man City is a good team. We're not saying they're not good. It's just they're a bit boring. I swear to God. What did they was, cite? I said what did they cite? Huh? What did they cite? What was the reason they're boring? They, they said that a lot of the times that they're up one or two nothing, like they just know it, they're, they're going to win. Or that, like, traditionally, they said, like, them growing up, Man City wasn't very relevant, so it doesn't strike them initially. And someone said, um, I think they said, oh, if City's on against Watford or if it's, I forgot the other teams he mentioned, but he said two other teams. If those games are on, he's going to watch the other game. And I swear to God, I've been saying this on and off the pod, and I never said that just to infuriate Jeff. Like there's some things we do to infuriate each other just on purpose, right? This, I legitimately feel this way. And I don't think I'm the only one. In fact, I know I'm not the only one. Um, but my point being, I didn't even watch this game. Good win for them. I expected it. I'm sure one of us said 3-1 in the predictions or 3 nothing. Um, yes. I think one of us did get the score exactly correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So – it's just, did you watch it? Uh, I'll be honest. This is one I did not catch. <laughs> That's what I'm what saying. What time was the, yeah. wasn't it a nine o'clock game? Maybe it was bunched in with a few. So I kind of, I don't know. See, you know, I told you about the West Ham Chelsea game. Yeah. The 630 game. Cause I woke up and was like, oh shit, that was a big game. Like against two fun teams to watch. I can't tell you what day even city played. I was it Sunday or Saturday. I'm going to get in trouble for this one. You don't know either, um, huh? <laughs> no, I honestly, I can't. I think it was Saturday. I so, believe and, it was Saturday. and you've not, you're not one to rip on City. You've always been like, okay, like enough of the shithousery kind of deal. But here you are. It was Saturday. Well, I think, I think part of it is because I'm like, okay, it's against Watford. I know they're going to like ram them. So there's no point watching that game. There were, I believe it was the nine o'clock slot. There must have been other games on at that time. Okay. Yeah, probably. Yeah. You know, and also I think on that Saturday I was kind of just, oh no, it was the later game. I tend to miss the later game too. <laughs> it was by itself. It was standalone. Okay. Well, um, my point kind of stands. We all know what happened with Arsenal. We all know what happened with with Liverpool. We talked about Chelsea, West Ham, obviously. I can't tell you what happened in the City game because honestly, they're ahead of. They're the only team ahead of Liverpool. I don't know why. I still don't give a fuck about them. I don't. I don't know. Well, you, you probably root for them to lose. Oh yeah, I don't root for them, but it's also like I much in this race. I'd much rather tune into a Chelsea game than a City game. I'll admit now, I actively root against them. Is it because of Jeff? One person. Shout out to Jeff. Yeah, I mean. Mate, when you're doing wellness checks after a 90-second minute goal, I am going to absolutely rail you with well, wellness checks when City lose the title on, on like, giving up a two-goal lead lane. I'm just going to do it. And I'm never going to stop. 
because the amount of rage that, that and, I, and I get that's the point you did it you hit so now i hope you guys suffer that's it <laughs> fuck manchester city this year i'm <laughs> done with them and uh, i'm done i'm done trying to even uh justify watching them fuck them. if you're a city fan that's not jeff paris reach out to us maybe you can get on our good side like the only other city fan we know isn't that tomas yeah and that guy's a great a prick too and so is aaron Rodgers. he's yeah. a city fan oh he is he is there you go i mean like the list just goes on <laughs> uh yeah so, and then uh, briefly about Tottenham, they've won a couple matches in a row. I just want to touch on them before we move on. No hard, have no, no hard feelings about Jeff, though. Like, I mean, yeah, at yeah. least on my end. Like, no, no, no same here. I think it makes the pod fun. It makes our group fun. You know, we get to do this. Tomas stuff. and Aaron Rodgers, I mean, especially Aaron Rodgers can go do one. But, Je- I mean, yeah. Jeff is just a banter guy. No, Jeff makes the show uh, pretty amazing for panel episodes. <laughs> so, yeah. hopefully we'll have him on for the Christmas one. Uh Norwich and Brentford were the last two wins for Tottenham. So they're on a bit of a roll. They won two in a row. They have the, actually, they have the, the inside track. They have a game in hand and they're only two out points for the fourth place spot. But is this a, is this a product of playing teams like Norwich and Brentford or is Tottenham, you know, should we start talking about them seriously? Um, I think we should start talking about them seriously because they're three and zero in their last Premier League games. Um, what was Conte's first game in charge? Well, to be fair, all three were at home against Leeds, Brentford, and Norwich, though. That's true, but it's kind of <laughs> like a college football team, right? And it's perfect for Conte because you play your you like you know how a college football team will play like Northeastern Delaware State in their first yeah. game. Yep. Yeah. Just to get like a a feel for how the team's going to be, what's working, what's not, especially for Conte probably wants to implement a little bit of his own style or what he can to this team. It's a mm-hmm. good going out process, I think for him. Um, and it's working. I mean, they haven't given up a goal in a hundred or over 200 minutes of play. Since and playing Mura. I'm talking <laughs> about Premier League games, but yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, because Mora, they played like babies, but that's still shocking that they lost that game. But you you catch my drift, and they've scored more than one goal. It's not like they're winning one nil. They're they're scoring. So granted, the last game was against Norwich, but I don't think Brentford's necessarily a walk in the park. Leeds, it's a down year, but that's never a walk in the park either. So I I'm gonna raise my hand up and say early on, based on what we've seen, I uh, totally. What do you, how do you say this? Um, underestimated? Underestimated Conte. Yeah. Okay. That's just how, what I'm going to say. Cause they've, they played fantastic, man. You know, we'll see. I, I think we're just going to have a continual, like, like a spin cycle between West Ham, Tottenham, United, and Arsenal. Like these four teams are just going to go up and down, up and down. I think they're the next best four teams after the top three. Uh, so I think we'll see what happens. And I just, I, I feel like there's a downswing coming for Tottenham soon. I'm feeling a dip. Oh, I was just about to ask you. I know last week you said Arsenal is going to finish fourth. You legit think that? No bias. I, I did last ask. week. So, I don't know if I, I do ask. anymore. So, yeah, because, I mean, and it's the last team you want to admit, you know, that could get that fourth spot. But 
No, that's now it's on. between those two. Oh, United? West Ham. You're scared of West Ham more than United and Spurs? Yeah. I think wow. West Ham is better than them right now. That's that's bananas take. I, I have changed my fourth place team from Arsenal to West Ham at the moment. Yes. Yes. But I'll change it again probably are by New Year. Are you taking Arsenal out because of Arsenal? or are you? No, I'm not taking them out. Oh, oh, out of that fourth. Yeah. I, well, no, it's, I'm taking them out because I think West Ham is pretty legit. I think they're good. Um, right, but really, since last week, given the results, is it because of more? I'm saying, is it more so because of Arsenal, or do you think it's more so because of West Ham? Like, do you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, more so because West Ham won against Chelsea. Yeah, that's is more so that I'm I'm not worried about us. I was just outraged of how we lost, and at Mike Dean for being Mike Dean. Uh, and then I don't know. We'll we'll see. I think they're going to be a lot of like I said, a lot of cycles. Tottenham's got a couple road games now. Played a bunch at home. Then they play Liverpool at home. So it doesn't get easy for them. I'll tell you that right now. Their next three Premier League games can very well see them, you know, get anywhere between one and three points, you know, or zero and three points. I mean, you know, I, I could see them getting that. Actually, I think that's the most likely case. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, so shall we move to the other matches? Just round out the Premier League week. Villa 2, Leicester 1 in a pretty decently high-profile game. Two-face scoring early for Leicester, canceled out by Ezra Consa's two goals. Leeds two, Brentford two, uh, in in somewhat of a wild game that Tyler Roberts scores first for Brent Brentford, then at Baptiste equalizes, Canos gives uh, Brentford the lead, and then Bamford equalizes in the ninety plus five minutes. So Leeds and Brentford uh, share the spoils. Newcastle win their first game of the season. Callum Wilson, the only yeah. goal scorer there. That's and a big win. Yeah, and a one 0 win over Burnley. Southampton won Brighton one in the South Coast Derby. Broya scoring and Neil Maupay in the 98th minute. I knew we had a lot of late goals, four games, two of them equalizing the game and two of them winning the game this week on these matches. Do you have any comments? Um, That Burnley Newcastle game as terrible of a game as it might seem had a lot of uh, relegation implications on it. So, I mean, before this January window, if Newcastle, any point that they get is huge. Like it's, it's before, cause I'm assuming they're going to bring in some really good players on loan, right? Probably with the option to buy. So mm-hmm. any points you can get here just to make that job a little bit easier. So you could stay up and convince these guys to stay or, or bring people in is solid. So right now they're tied with it. I mean, that has, has them tied at 18th now, only three points behind Watford. So they're almost clear. I mean, Elton John's kind of scared now. Wait. Oh, yeah, exactly. And that's the crazy thing. Now, no one's going to tie Derby's record. They're yeah. all on 10 points. Yep. Yep. So they've all improved a little bit. And, yeah, that, that puts a little fear into Watford. And, hell, maybe Leeds and Southampton aren't so clear anymore. You know, I mean, yeah. uh, the way those teams have been playing, you, if Newcastle can start digging, uh, you know, Nor- Norwich, to me, is by the worst team by far. And the rest, we'll see. So. Yeah. That's I should pull up right now, though. That's a huge win. Yeah, that's a big six-pointer. We'll have to pull out the 538 stats next week to see yeah. what they look like after those matches. Any other uh, comments on anything that happened there? Um, no, did you? I have some. Villa now have won three out of four under Stevie G. Yep. Um, after winning only three of their first 11 under Dean Smith, which, which included seven losses. Uh, so, again, that's a team that – has dug themselves out of a hole. 
in their last, what, four matches, they have nine points to give them 19 overall on the season. And as a matter of fact, in, on a good note for them, not that they'll get top four, yeah. but point-wise, they're closer to the top four than they are to the relegation zone. And that's always a good thing. So, yeah. Um, and I think a big credit goes to Steven Jarrett. And I'm not even being biased, man. Like I said this, he's legit a good manager. He's, and he has, he picked the perfect team for him, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. No, it's, it's worked out pretty well for him there. All right. Shall we go to um, anyone else has any comments at the footy corner to let us know. Let's go around the world real quick. Uh, actually, you know what? I'm just going to start in Champions League because that just happened. Some wild shit going down. Uh, let's first talk about the Premier League teams. Three of the four teams clinching top spots. Uh, as a matter of fact, Liverpool are the first English club ever to win all six of their games in a single UEFA Champions League group stage. Yep. Um, they, they took 18 points in one of potentially the groups of death there. Um, <laughs> so, so big shout out to them. Ooh. Shout out to, as much as you hate to say it, City for winning a group with PSG in it. Um, And we'll give a shout out to United dealing with different managers. They won their group. Yeah. On the other end, we have Chelsea. I think that's the story of the day. You know, all they had to do was beat. Was it Zenit? Zenit. Um, At Zenit, though. At Zenit. They were down 2-1. Our boy, Sardar, had a goal, actually. Asmund. Yeah. Um, But they came back and scored two with Timo Werner looking like he was going to be the hero. And then they conceded super late, which put some second in the group, which means they could face Ajax, Bayern, you know, any of the really top teams of, of their groups yep. uh, that aren't English. Um, any comments on the English teams? Any Anything you want to say about what happened? No, I mean, I, it's the money league now, you know, and it's, it's showing the quality. I mean, I was surprised City finished ahead of Paris. Mm-hmm. But it all stemmed from that win that they just recently had. So, um yeah that's that's crazy um and to think that liverpool beat ac milan with charlie morton starting um super who nico williams and um alex oxley chamberlain i mean he's starting to pan out I mean, he's doing decent but like there's some your, guys your olive picker started mate yeah, dude, he's really good, bro. He's really freaking good. Like, really good. Um, if Andy Robertson was such a likable guy, hot seat Andy Robertson. Like, that's how good we're talking about. Okay. Um, but, yeah, it's and it's also good seeing Minamino having a decent game, you know. But seeing this team go on beating AC Milan, AC Milan, it's not just a um, – Showing for Liverpool, it's for the Premier League, honestly. That when you could send four teams, all four qualify, and three of them finish number one, I think that's a big statement made. What about you? Yeah, I agree. I think it's huge. And I think it's huge for, you know, when you finish first, you're going to get a second-place team. So it really helps their advancement, even getting to the final eight. Then they could start knocking each other around. And as a matter of fact, by not having to face the other top English teams – you know, again, Chelsea's possible draws are Ajax, Real Madrid, Bayern. Those could be difficult, but I'll be honest with you. I think they beat Real Madrid. I think I they could beat Ajax in two legs. Bayern Munich is the only team that I don't think they could beat. Um, that, that Not to say it's impossible. Then Lille. Didn't they beat I mean, Bayern last year, though? 
They may have, right? Yeah. I mean, it's and and then there's Lille. <laughs> so those are the possible teams they can play. And you know, really, one of them is scary in my eyes. If I'm a Chelsea fan, the other ones, you're Chelsea. You should feel good. I'm not saying Ajax isn't good. We know Ajax is good. They got. They also got maximum points. Shout out to them and their yeah. group. Yeah. Uh, with Dortmund in it and, and Sporting and and Bayern's the other team that got maximum points in their group. Uh, but yeah, I mean they could always get Lille, which Lille does have a lot of good young players that they're that are going to leave, you know, in the summer. But I mean that's the team you kind of want to play, um, even though they got our boy Barack Yilmaz. So yeah, and Jeff's boy Jonathan David. <laughs> so think, well, Barack Yilmaz. I think I knew Barack Yilmaz before I knew Barack Obama. <laughs> Which Barack so is the OG Barack? The OG Barack. <laughs> um, Amazing. Amazing. Not a big pop guy. So. so let me also then recap before we get to the real big one. Who qualified? Now, here's the well, before I get to yeah, let's talk about who qualified first. So from Group A, City uh, was the first place and PSG was second. Liverpool and Atletico uh, get out of Group B. Ajax and Sporting get out of C. Sporting gets out over Dortmund, even though they have the same amount of points. Real Madrid and Inter get out, even though Sheriff looked like they had a chance they'll go to Europa. Byron and Benfica get out of Group B. We'll talk about that shortly. United and Villarreal. Well, no, United's out of Group F. Now, here's the crazy thing. The Atalanta-Villarreal match was postponed. So this morning, folks, you might know it by now, or you might be listening on your way to work. See if you could stream that game, 10.30 a.m. Central, uh, or Eastern, I believe. Varel and Atalanta will be playing the makeup game for what, the what last happened? spot. I think there was too what? much snow. They couldn't play. It was too much the weather. Wow. So that was a weather postponement. I'm guessing so, it was in uh, Atalanta then, right? I think so, yeah. And so I'm pretty sure Villarreal is in like a tropical place. So. It was. And Atalanta needs um, a win. Villarreal just needs the draw to get through. So that'll be one to watch. Uh, Lille and Salzburg got out of what we call the Europa League group. And, and I mean, that was pretty shit group. And Juventus and, and Chelsea. I really hope we draw Salzburg. That'd be so good if Liverpool draw Salzburg. I would. And then Juventus and Chelsea get out. Now, a team you didn't hear there for the first time since 03-04, Barcelona knocked out. They got ran by Munich and then Benfica on their game. What are your thoughts on Barcelona not making it to the next round? You know, who sent – I think it was Steve, right, that sent us that meme saying Xavi came into the club and put all these restrictions, did this. It was an Akil. An Akil. And, like, yeah. they're literally doing worse. Yep. <laughs> Coleman. You know, yeah. I, I don't know. At this point, I can't pinpoint the what's wrong with them. But, um, you know, they're Barcelona, so obviously if they do rebuild, it's going to be way quicker than we think, you know. But yeah. – this is um, – that's shocking, man. They only scored two goals all of qualifying. Two goals. This is Barcelona, man. That's uh, – are you more concerned with the players or the coach? I'll be honest. To me, too, it's the quality of players. You look at that roster. I was watching a little bit of their game. When I got back from teaching, I saw the end just to see how they play. Dude, I, I shit you not. Back then, when you go to play Barcelona, you're scared. You're just like, oh, boy, like, just don't get embarrassed by them. It's it's the same feeling that I get as an Arsenal fan when we play actually the top three teams in the Premier League now. But, like, when we go to play them for Champions League, I'd say, oh, boy, I'm not looking forward to this game. I just don't want to get embarrassed, and I'm going to clench my asshole all game. But now 
honestly, if you told me, hey, Arsenal's going to go play Barcelona, I'd be like, I think we could beat them. Yeah. <laughs> like, no joke. I wouldn't be yeah. worried. And you, it's, you look across the board, you look at their team. And actually a player I wanted to mention, and I kind of feel bad for him because he does well for Barcelona, but Memphis Depay always seems to go to the wrong team at the wrong time. Like, remember when he went to United and then they were really bad? With Louis Van Gaal, like it's always yeah. a, it's him and a Dutch manager, and then they stink. But he didn't yeah. he didn't perform right. He's performed at Barcelona, but he always tends to be on like these really good teams, but when they're historically bad. Yeah. So you know, I'm looking at it. I mean, they were so desperate. They had Serginho Dest playing, you know, higher up the pitch because <laughs> they yeah. didn't have any wingers on the right hand side. Yeah. Um, you know, Gavi's just too young. He's going to be really good, baby. But you know, he's you're used to seeing established players. Ones that are gonna make a difference, and and I think you know. Pedri's injured, and he's a great player. I think he won the Golden Boy Awards. So I mean, he's injured. Where the, where is Dembele, bro? Oh, he came in today. Okay, like <laughs> if he's there, it makes a difference. But you know what's shocking? There, I don't know if it's working or why they're doing it, but it was under Coman. Do Serginho Des? He's a right back, correct? Yeah. Why is he playing right wing? Well, that's what I was just asking me. That's why I looked at it. They're so desperate. They're playing him up there. What's that all yeah. about? I don't know. And um, this uh, Clement Langlet, he's been there three years too long, which is when he transferred there. <laughs> this man had no business even transferring to Barcelona. Like, And you're right. I 100% agree with you. I think Depay's doing well. Um, but he's doing like he's doing good. He's not like sticking out, but yeah, I, I don't know. And I do feel bad for Memphis. Cause wasn't he a winger back in the day or was he always a striker? I feel like he, I he was, I a mean, he played wing for United. He was a winger. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't know. He's played decent for Barcelona, but again, the Barcelona also did lose to Batiste on the weekend. So at home, so it's just a bad team. Um, yeah. I think they need a big overhaul, man. Big overall. <laughs> the struggle is real with, with Barcelona. So um, any any other things you want to mention about Champions League before we move on? I got a few stories, actually. Uh, no, let's keep it going. So another thing I wanted to bring up before we get into some news, Seb Aller is only the second player in UEFA Champions League history to score in all six matches of a single group stage, meaning he scored in all of them. That, he, that did accumulate for 10 goals. Um, but who else scored in all six group stage matches? It was in 2017-18. Um, I was going to say Robert Lewandowski. It's a good guess. It's not him. Um, Lionel Messi? Even hotter. It's not him. Wow. Hotter? What do you mean? Ronaldo? Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, but like you're getting oh. closer. Not like the guy is hotter. I meant to say you're <laughs> Because you know, Messi is not hotter than a lot of people. I, I, I meant to say you're getting warmer, I should have said. Oh, God. Bananas, mate. That was a disaster. Uh, but, yeah, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo did it in 17-18. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to mention before we get into some wild stories uh, is Frank Kessie. So have you yeah. noticed what number he wears? You, I mean, you saw him today. I had him in career mode a couple of years ago. Um, isn't it like, it's like a high number. It's an unusually it high number. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? Is it like 60 something? Close. He's in the seventies. 71. Two. Higher. No. Seven. 
No. What is it? It's 79. So, you know, in the past, Milan has had a few players that wore high numbers. Uh, Ronaldinho wore 80. Flaminia yeah. has worn 84. Shevchenko, 76. Those guys all wore it, though, because that's the year they were born. Now, Oh, I did not know that. Okay. Frank Kessie was not born in 1979. Otherwise, he'd be right. really old. Uh, but interesting story. So he started his career in Stella Club uh, before he went to Serie A side Atalanta in 2015. There he was handed the number 98 shirt uh, before he was finally given number 19 after he impressed. So he's got number 19. He keeps the number 19 shirt when he joins AC Milan in June 2017. Now, a month later, Leonardo Bonucci arrived, and that was Bonucci's number. So he gives up the number to Bonucci, right? And he takes on the number 79. That's what he's given from 19. He was offered his kit back a year later when Benucci returned to Juventus. And guess what he said? No. Obviously, he said no. He said no. The new management asked me if I want the number 19 back. I refused it because I feel good with the 79, and I did not want the fans who already bought my shirt to spend money again. So shout out to Frank Kessie. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things. If you have a good season with that number, mm-hmm. just stick with it, right? Like, you know, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I Plus, agree. What number was it? Seventeen, you said, right? It was no. It was going to be number nineteen that he went back to. Yeah, that's a. I mean, like, I think if it's a single digit number, you take it, obviously, right? But yeah. then, like, when you're creeping past eleven, then it's not really worth it, right? I mean, if you're offered 10, 7, I'll say eleven too. Eleven's a good number, you know. Or a defender, you get two, three. Then you take it. But if it's like 19, 17, like 21, it's like, dude, like, you know, it's not really. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I just, I just thought it was cool how he said, you know, I don't want the fans to spend more money on my jersey. Oh, yeah. But but yeah, no, I do. I mean, I I guess to an extent. Jersey though. Like, I don't think they'd be like number one to choose. Right. If you're probably not, but he's thinking of. Yeah, he's thinking of someone. So there you go. Shout out yeah. to him for that. Uh, some stuff going down in the Red Bull organization. Jesse Marsh was fired by RB Leipzig, who, by the way, did go on to beat Manchester City. Shout out there. Um, mental wellness check, Jeff. Uh, so so Jesse Marsh is out. I don't know quite who's in yet. I think they had an interim. Also, I forgot to mention, your boy Ranjik, actually, uh, and United. Did you hear who they hired as an assistant? No. Former Chicago Fire goes back to his uh, roots with uh, Red Bull New York with Ragnick. Chris Armis is now an assistant for Manchester United. He won an MLS Cup with the Chicago Fire in 98. So he's their captain. Um, I thought that was interesting. That's also happened. The last thing I want to bring up before we move on to nonces. Did you hear about this, that police is investigating Jude Bellingham? No. No. after comments he made after their classicer. Oh, so, I figured. But, but like, police investigation? Not on him, probably the, the ref, right? No, they're investigating him. Why? What'd he do? I guess because he made those comments. But he was accusing. He wasn't doing anything. Like, what are they investigating him for? So, here, let me go... A criminal complaint has been filed 
and the case will now be forwarded to the Dortmund Public Prosecutor's Office, who will determine whether there will be any criminal charges against Jude Bellingham. Uh, they're investigating his comments on referee Felix Zweier after Dortmund's loss. Uh, he hit out at Zweier during the 3-2 two, defeat as Dortmund were left frustrated after the referee turned down multiple appeals for penalties, only to give one for Matt's Hummels uh, later in the match. Uh, after the game, Bellingham said, you give a referee that has match fixed before the biggest game in Germany, what do you expect? And then he went yeah. on to talk about the penalties, uh, and he said you could look at a lot of the decisions of the game. Uh, Dortmund's boss was also sent to the stands after criticizing the Bayern penalty award later in the match. Um, and so what, what Bellingham was talking about, Zweier actually had a six-month ban from the German FA in 2005 for match fixing, uh, which is quite wild. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, don't, I think that a, he filed a complaint, so they're looking into that now, I guess. I, I don't know. So... I'm not exactly sure why. I, I, I don't know how you can how you can file a complaint about something that was fact, right? Or is he mad that he got accused of match fixing again? I I think he got mad about getting a well, I mean it's a pretty it's to be fair, it's a childish thing to say. Like, you know, you don't hear that from pros. And I think Jude Bellingham's 19. So, like, that's definitely something I would have dude. Hell, I say some out-of-pocket things now, but that's just immaturity. But like <laughs> As a 19-year-old, you're probably going to say some outlandish shit. That I mean, you can agree. Even if it was a terrible call, um, I don't know if you should say that. I mean, like, you you should have known, right? Something was going to happen, whether it was a fine. Now, this is pretty drastic, but I think, like, everything else, like, you know, I don't know. He should have handled it better. Do I think worth court case? No, it's stupid. But um, I think he should have gotten fined, right? You, you shouldn't say that stuff. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Match fixing is uh, a, a really big accusation. Like that's that's true. That's true. That's not it's something true. to play around with in the sports world. I'll give you that. That that is true. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll see what results out of that. Uh, anything else to say about Europe before we jump into our final few segments with nonces and predictions? No. All right. So last week, I want to kind of go over the the results we had for um, our nonces. In the last episode, uh, you guys voted, you spoke, and the winner for Nance of the Week is uh, Rory Dames, the former Red Star coach who was uh, kicked out for abusing his players. Sophia Urista finished in second for pissing on someone on stage. <laughs> the Lyon fans were third for throwing bottles at, um, uh, what was his, uh, the guy that used to play for West Ham, who was it? Dmitry Payet. Yeah, Dmitry Payet. Bosnian fans, 0%. Everyone's uh, got some sympathy because they feel like, you you know, they've made mistakes with flags in the past too. So fair play. No Bosnian votes. Uh, so now let's go to this week's potential. Nonce of the week. You are a You're a nonce, mate. And we have four good candidates. The first one should sound very familiar to some of our Liverpool fans on here and the Chelsea fans. He did play for Chelsea. The first one is Daniel Sturridge. He now plays in the A-League for Perth Glory. And, for all those and he played for Man City, believe it or not. There you go. So everyone but me has had him on the team in this <laughs> panel. Well, and, and Patterson. Um, yeah. He, he plays for Perth Glory in the A-League in Australia. Uh, he recently, so they flew to a match. And in Australia, you have long flights. It's like the U.S., maybe even longer in some instances. I think it's longer, man. Yeah, it's a little longer. 
And so they had a long flight to play Western United. So after their flight, apparently he told the owner manager that he, quote, isn't used to four hour flights and felt that he could not contribute against Western United. So therefore, he did not play uh, against Western United. What are your thoughts on this statement from Daniel Sturridge? That's a bit outlandish. Um, <laughs> I don't know. That's not something you want to hear. But like, honestly, if it was kind of if he was going to get hurt by it, it's good that he mentioned it. But mm-hmm. still, like, that's why no one signed him, right? So okay. yeah. I mean, no one's doubting his talent, right? Uh, wow, I just put my chicken wings on and ranch before heating it up. Um, yeah, I agree. I don't know. What yeah. do you? Th- I mean, it's like good and bad because like he would have gotten injured. I guess you know. I don't know if it's valid or not. But for being on a long flight, no, no, no. But I'm saying like if he was like yo, if like imagine he got off the flight and he's like, oh, oh I feel it. Like it's gonna get injured. Like it's gonna. <laughs> Okay. On an Aren't you happy that he said something and didn't just get injured? You know what you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but he's not playing. It's as good as being injured. He might as well have been injured. Yeah, but like, no, we don't want him to get injured, though. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah, but he didn't play anyway. So what's the difference? The what, difference you- is he didn't get injured. So I'm saying that's what's good because if he played, he would have gotten injured. Okay. Anyway, I just I still think it's wild to tell your manager you're not available when you're you know. But, probably hey, that's on the club for signing him. That's on the club for signing him. You know. Okay, fair play. Fair why, play. No, no, this is why when he, after he left Liverpool, like no one wanted to sign him. Like he was great, but this was his one kryptonite, and it's here we are. You know what I mean? Like this, uh, it's Gone sad. From Premier League striker to potential nonce of the week. That's what's happened to him now. Uh, it is sad. We also now have Chris Cuomo. He's a CNN anchor. He's took the nation by storm during the elections, um, during a lot of what happened with with his brother. Well, his brother did have sexual harassment allegations, as a lot of people have heard and know. Um, And there was talk that he had little some little involvement in it, but he was just defending him. And so CNN had put a statement out, you know, months ago that said, you know, we understand. um, But, you know, that he's done a couple of things, but it's been nothing big. Well, some documents have arose that show heavy involvement with him, whether it's through covering it up, it's not very specific. It's enough, though, that Chris Cuomo has been suspended by CNN. Uh, You know, again, though, it's one of those things. On one hand, yeah, you should never be, you know, showing involvement in a situation like this. But like you said about Sturridge, you know, that was on the team. Part of this one, it's like, well, that's his brother. So what are your thoughts on this Chris Cuomo stuff? Wow. Chris Cuomo. <laughs> so he advocates, advocate. He's an advocate. He advocates a lot of good stuff. Yeah. That I believe in. Okay. But when I see him on, you know how when you watch Fox and like, you're like, wow, these guys are very biased. And obviously you get the same from CNN, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there are some guys, though, on Fox that are just outrageously just, like, spewing shit, right? That's true. When you're on CNN, there are some guys that spit facts. And you're like, okay, here we go. Now, Cuomo advocated for a lot of the good stuff. But he was one of the guys that I was wa- – like, I'd watch him be like, this guy is, like, the shithousery of CNN. Like, this guy is outlandish. And for some reason – this doesn't surprise me. He he seems like a scumbag. 
I'm not shocked, bro. I'm not shocked okay. personally, and I think he's a nonce, but that's okay. just. All right. So, so far, Sturridge and Cuomo up for it. Next, we have Thomas Massey. He is a U.S. representative, a Republican U.S. representative from good old Kentucky. Uh, he, in what can be maybe described as a Christmas picture, but he tweeted a picture of him and his family, and they're all holding like big ass guns in front of a Christmas tree. Yeah. This literally four days after the Michigan shootings that occurred. Yeah. I, I mean, you're a U.S. representative. Man. I, I get one thing. I get people being like, oh, we want our guns. Whatever. You guys all do your gun oh, thing. Why do you say that in a Southern <laughs> Because it's always Southern people. And I get it. You do your little fucking gun thing. But, like, you're a U.S. representative. I think that was fucking distasteful considering the things that have occurred recently Yeah, that I, you would I, do something like that. Yeah, that's true. I think regard. I mean, I think that's a um, a Christmas photo. If you strongly feel like, you know, you want that picture. You know, there's some things where you send to just your friends or maybe like your close family. <laughs> yeah, you don't want it on Instagram. Not yeah, Definitely not an Instagram picture, dude. Like, <laughs> given the circumstances, especially. I think regardless, right? Like, that's a no-go. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah. Um, yeah, that's terrible, man. Sorry, I just, <laughs> I just I just burped a lot there, like inside. Oh, um, I was wondering where the pause was coming from there. Yeah, no. Uh, what do you think? I, you know, to me, this is absolute stupidity. I mean, this dude isn't even hold like it's not even decorative. He's not like holding the golden gun from Goldeneye. Shout out James Bond. But he's holding like they're holding like fucking automatic weapons. Like it's fucking wild. Yep. You know, like what are you doing? Like, you could have a point, oh, these are decorative, like it's colored gold, or even if it's like a smaller gun, I'm not saying that's okay. But again, at least you're not carrying what people are mostly against, and that's these automatic weapons that could take out multiple people, uh, innocent people. You know, that's where you're getting into the bad territory of how oh, wow. kids are getting machine. Did you see the picture? the picture? Yeah. Isn't it stupid, ridiculous? Like, what are some big-ass guns? guns? Yeah, that was a big-ass guns, bro. There you go. So you can see why I said he's a nonce. Did he take it down? <laughs> I'm not sure if he did. I mean, surely he did. People probably yelled at him enough. What's his first name? Thomas Massey is his whole name. He's a Kentucky U.S. representative. Surely he's taken it down. <laughs> so while you do that, let me go to the fourth one. And I had to save the best for last. To me, this is the best one. This is yeah, the one I'm going to vote it's for. Down. He took it down. Okay. So to me, this is the best one. So I saved it for last. It's George Cassiopo, okay? You might not have heard of him, but he's a pretty prominent guy. He's a Sony senior vice president. He worked on the PlayStation Network, and now he's been terminated from his job. Why? He got caught up in an amateur pedophilia sting video. So he's, he is a nonce, truly. He's a pedo. He was allegedly trying to arrange a meeting with a person claiming to be a 15-year-old boy according to a video posted December 3rd by the YouTube channel People vs. Predators. Cassiopo. This is on YouTube? <laughs> well, apparently it's on a YouTube channel, People vs. Wow. Predators. I might watch Cass- this shit. Cassiopo had been a senior vice president of engineering at Sony for the past eight years, according to his LinkedIn profile. He's been fired after allegedly appearing in this video. Um, he didn't immediately respond to requests for comments, in the video, a cameraman is seen walking down the street at night towards a house. 
a person who appears to be Cassiopo wearing a PS5 shirt is standing outside the house. <laughs> the cameraman then speaks to Cassiopo, referring to him as Jeff. As the cameraman asks more questions, Cassiopo walk, walks back into his house and closes the door while refusing to answer. I think it was wow. at that moment he knew that he was caught. So I, I think it is. I believe you can probably find it on, on YouTube. So... I mean, right now, honestly, I'm on this article that I'm gonna, that the intern will post, and I think it's showing clips from the channel, and it's outrageous. There are like Lots. naked, blurred out naked people running around, like dudes running naked and getting handcuffed. So it's wild. Wow. Um, um, but yeah. So yeah, he. Was- I have to say, I bought a, I bought a, uh, a new Xbox. <laughs> so I do not advocate that, nor do I support that. Who's your nonce this week? <sighs> Man. So let me go over the options. We got Sturridge for refusing to play because the flight was too long. Chris Cuomo for defending um, his brother in a sexual harassment allegation situation. Thomas Massey for tweeting a picture of his, him and his family holding guns in front of a Christmas tree, like big-ass guns. And then there's George Cassiopo, who worked on the PlayStation Network, senior vice president at Sony, who's been terminated after being caught in a pedo sting. I'm going Cassiopo, mate. You go first. Cassiopo? Yeah, I'm going him. He is because okay. he is the true definition of a nonce. Who is the guy before Cassiopo? Thomas Massey with the guns. I'll go guns. Okay. Yeah. Lives were lost. Yeah. Um, kids are going to be scarred forever. Like, yeah. Situational awareness, just not there. Stupidity at a high level. All right. So uh, at the footy corner two, please put your votes in for that. Before we get to the scores, I want to say Mount Rushmore for the battle of the Netflix shows. We still don't have an answer. Yeah. Why? Because Arreen and Patterson tied. So now I forgot to vote too. So fuck. I fucked up. I didn't vote in the fucking poll. Well, at this point, we're just going to, we're just going to put it up for, uh, for another, for another vote. All right. Yeah, I mean, just between the two of you, because that was between four people. Um, you guys both had 36%. Uh, person A, who was Lego Masters, amazing. That's Brian, had 18%. And Jeff had nine. So that now leaves you and Patterson. I'll put those, or we'll have the intern put that up. Um, and I believe we also have our Mount Rushmore people have to vote on the non-primary team. So people be on the lookout. We've got some Mount Rushmores. We'll have a new Mount Rushmore next episode because these votes need to finish somehow. We need, we've had too many ties on this show. Um, any, any thoughts you want to say before we go to the scores and predictions? No, man. I just hate myself for not voting. Yeah. Well, you could have won. So we'll see what happens here. Let's go to the scores. Um, weekly scores. The top score this week was Steve with 17 points. Second was myself with 15. Arine and Jeff had 14. Nikhil, 13. Brian, 12, which isn't good because he was getting close to Arine. He still, it still is a close race now, guys. Listen, here are the scores. In first place is Arine with 193. Second's Brian with 188, five behind. Steve's in third with 185. I'm in fourth with 184. So between Arine and myself in fourth, there's nine points only. Then there's a 13-point gap to Jeff, Jeff who has 171. And Nikhil's seven points behind him with 164. 
So I think we have a race for the top and then we have a race to stay not relegated, I guess. I think we need to do a bet for the loser. Should the loser do a more shot or something on the air? Like, I I don't know because we've had so many Malort shots. So. Many more at the footy corner too. Let us know what the caboose should do this season, just to see what happens and to prevent people from not predicting. That said, let's go ahead and put our week sixteen predictions in. The matches start Friday, guys. So tomorrow we got matches already. Brentford hosting Watford. It's the battle of the Fords. I'm going to go one one. Emmanuel Dennis is my goal scorer for Watford. Two one. Brentford, um, is it Ivy? What's his name? Tony. Ivan Tony. Ivan Tony. Yes. Uh, Man City hosting Wolves in the early game Saturday. I got City two, Wolves nil. I think Wolves defense has been decent. I'm going to go with Phil Foden. I'll go 2-1, and I'll go Sterling, City. All right. He did score last game. Uh, Chelsea and Leeds at Stamford Bridge. I think Chelsea bounces back from their Champions League disappointment. I got him 2-1. And I and Romelu Lukaku's back. I think he'll score. I'll go three one, and I'll go Lukaku as well. Now we go to Liverpool, Aston Villa. Stevie G returns to Anfield. Uh, again, we said he's won three of four. Don't think he wins this one. I got Liverpool three, Villa one. Mo Salah always got to go. This is going to be a grinder. I hate saying this. Two nothing Liverpool, and got to go with Mo Salah. All right, and Arsenal trying to bounce back after two road losses. At home, at the Emirates against Southampton, I think they will bounce back in a big way. I think this team with the young players, they had no Emil Smith-Rowe. We forgot to mention that against Everton. I think he will score in this match, and I think they'll win 3-0. Um, I'll say 2-0 Arsenal, and God, I don't even know who the pick for the goal score is a shit shoot because their forwards aren't Martinelli. Martinelli. All right, Gabriel Martinelli. I like that pick. Norwich hosting Man United. Ralph Ragnick getting a nice nice little easy match here, I think. I got Norwich one. I think United will get three, and I think Ronaldo will score. I think this is going to be a blowout. 4-0 United. Ooh. And Ronaldo has to get one of those. Surely he's got to score at some point. He's got the pens. Uh, or is he taking them over Bruno? We'll see. Burnley hosts West Ham. Folks, I told you I'm a bit crazy sometimes. This is my shock of the week because I think West Ham now going against a team they should beat. They're going to struggle. Burnley's tough at home. Burnley won. West Ham zero. Maxwell Cornett's going to get the winner. 3-1 West Ham. Um, who's that fat guy? Fat guy? I mean, they have Antonio. Uh, Antonio. Yeah. <laughs> He's not fat, is he? Pretty husky. Okay. <laughs> Leicester hosting Newcastle. Newcastle did get their first win. Don't think they're getting their second. Leicester to Newcastle and little Jamie Vardy. I'll go 2-1. Jamie Vardy. All right. Brighton hosts Tottenham. And, again, you're going to call me crazy. I don't care. I got a wild pick here. I'm going Brighton nil, Tottenham nil. No one's going to score. That's my prediction. That's crazy. Uh (laughs) You know what? I like where you're going with the low scoring. Yeah. I like 1-0, but do I go Son or Kane? This is tough. Kane. I'll go Kane. Okay. To get his second goal of the season, right? Yeah. Uh, Palace hosting Everton in the last game. I believe he's played there before. That's true. It's true. He's getting his revenge. Palace hosts Everton. Selhurst Park. 
Sunday late game. I got Palace two, Everton one. Christian Benteke is my goal scorer. This has one one written all over it. Um, and I'll go with Will Fazaha. Okay, I was worried that you were going to go with the enemy of the pod. No, can't, <laughs> no, not anymore. So not anymore. <laughs> all right. So everyone, let us know your picks at the Footy Corner too, and also let us know what you think last place should have to do. I think we should just do something fun, like maybe yeah. something on camera. Um, whether it's drinking, eating something, doing something wild, um, admitting the person in first is the best ever. I don't know, something like that. So let's now go to the final segment, the gambling corner. And last week, a lot of people lost $10. Steve joined the minus 10 club with Arine and Brian, who typically go for some Huge parlays. Uh, Trevor, again, by not, by not betting, his lead has, has extended <laughs> by just not doing anything. And I won $1.21 because I just I bet like an idiot. So I'm going crazy this week. Uh, just to recap those bets, did anyone get close might be a question you might ask. Uh, you had a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven thing parlay uh, and you only missed on two of them harry kane was one of them no no it was riyad Mahrez to score with his left foot that was one dollar <laughs> that one didn't happen no but you only missed on chelsea or draw because they lost and burnley or draw but you hit on liverpool southampton or draw tottenham man you and man city and over two and a half so like not awful you were kind of close uh, Brian was three for six on his big parlay. So he lost Leicester, Southampton, and he said Newcastle, Burnley draw, got City, Tottenham, Liverpool. I, I feel kind of bad for Steve. So he split his into two five bets, dollar bets. He had Tottenham, City, Liverpool, Chelsea. They would have all hit only Chelsea lost. Then he had the exact same teams and he added Arsenal to it as another $5. So by Chelsea losing, it lost both of them. And I hit on my Newcastle Burnley under two and a half, lost my Arsenal, lost my West Ham Chelsea draw. I'm telling you, these over-unders, this is the way to go. I'm finding it out. So that's my strategy this week. So I went half and half with my strategy. I went with one bet that I felt really good about. And then if I lose my other two, I'm going to win some marginal money. But if I hit on those other two, it's going to be a good payday. So you ready to hear my bets first? Or do you want to go first? You can go first. All right, my mortal lock, I put seven of my $10 on it, only to win five at minus 140. Mortal lock, Brighton Tottenham under two and a half goals. All right, you, you said you liked it as a low-scoring game. I almost went under one and a half, but I got a little nervous. Okay, I wimped out. I want my guaranteed five. So that's seven to win five, so I only have $3 to play with. Got a little crazy with one parlay. I went Chelsea to win, Liverpool to win, City to win, and Arsenal to win. Liverpool plays Villette, they're at home. Arsenal plays Southampton, they're at home. City's at home against Wolves, Chelsea's at home against Leeds. You probably those four, it's plus 205. So I'm putting two of my dollars to win 410 there. And my crazy parlay, I went, I went with you and Brian here. I put $1 and it's plus 2,052 to win $20.52. And it is the following. Brentford, Watford draw. Man City, Wolves over one and a half goals. Man U to defeat Norwich and Burnley to upset West Ham. So there we go. That's my crazy $1 bet. All right. What are you doing here? So I'm throwing my money around. 
Um, <clears throat> I have a five pick parlay, and okay. this is it. This is this is my one. This is this is going to be the last pick because it's game set match. This is okay. a plus three thousand six hundred and eight parlay. Plus three thousand six hundred and eight. Yes. Okay. Mortal lock. Which one? Ready for it? Let's hear it. Brentford at home against Watford. Okay. Don't overthink it. Brentford sure. at home. Okay. Arsenal, Southampton. Southampton's playing like dog water. Arsenal's yeah. going to come pissed off. They have yeah. healthier uh, Mel Smith row. I like them to win. Just win. Sure. Don't overthink it. This is, this is called the interior leather parlay. You go to the store, you buy your car, add interior leather. This parlay is going to get you that interior leather. <laughs> okay. Don't overthink it. Norwich versus Man United. This should. This is a lot. Norwich are a high school soccer team at this point. United wins. Okay. okay. Ragnarok gets happy. Uh-huh. All right. This is the toughest one of the lay because they are on the road. Tottenham to win against Brighton. Mm-hmm. Don't overthink it. Tottenham is on a run. Brighton starting to fall. Confidence starting to lower. I like Harry Kane to return at the American Express Stadium with vengeance. So that's plus 270. West Ham. Oh, by the way, that is a great solo bet. At plus 270, Tottenham against Brighton. Jesus God, bet that. Um, <laughs> last one. Then the last one. You're not going to like this. It comes in at plus 100. I love West Ham beating Burnley. I love oh, it. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's it. That is my interior leather parlay. And you're putting all 10 on it? $10 to make $360.80. <laughs> that is it. Go buy your wife that Ben's she's always wanted if you want to put enough on it. This is the lay. You didn't ask this week which one will lose. I told you which one I'm most worried about. Okay. That's it. Okay. Just the just the uh, the Tottenham one was the one you're a little worried about. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, everyone else, let us know your bets at the footy corner too. I love when people do these big parlays because it's interesting to see how they hit. You've got one going. I've got two of them. One's bigger than the other. So let's see. We got anytime you go over plus a thousand, game on. You know, game on. So oh yeah, we love we love over plus a thousand. Yeah. So let's. I'm going to start doing that too with two three dollar bets from now on. Yeah, Maybe might as well. If it hits. I'll work my way up to ten. So, um, all right. Anything else you want to say before we log off? I got a couple things, so I'll let you go first. No, that's it. Okay, I want to give a shout out because it is official. Purdue is number one in the nation in basketball. So all you haters, sit down for a minute and let us enjoy our moment. Um, so shout out Purdue basketball for being number one because we don't know how long this is going to happen or if it'll happen again. I don't think we're going to lose again. You don't think they're ever going to lose again? No. Watch them lose to Rutgers today. They may never, they may (laughs) never lose the game again. There's, there's that. And I also want to give a shout out because when we went on, IU or before we went on, IU was kicking the shit out of Wisconsin in basketball. Everyone knows I don't like IU, right? We don't like IU. They're winning 42 to 25 against Wisconsin at halftime by 17. They lost the game. They lost by five. Wisconsin yeah. outscored them 
by 22 in the second half. So I wanted to give a shout out to IU getting their dicks kicked in on a comeback loss. And that's really it. I just want to give a Purdue a shout out. Uh, no last words before I turn it over to our boy. Um, what are my last words? You know what? I'm going to go against the grain here. And I know we lost yesterday. Still shout out Blackhawks, but also we got to root for our fellow Persians. So shout out Mika Zabanajad. Keep doing your thing in New York, man. That's the oh. friend of the pod. All right. With that said, let's turn it over to a guy with a very critical game today. Some of you may have already seen it. Let's see if he could get to the knockout stages of the Champions League. VRL's manager, Unai Emery. Aloha. Love you guys. And say it with me. Fire Nagy. Good evening, Alexa. Please to play uh, my favorite song. Good evening. Good evening. 